everyone. It's uh, good to see you seated this way round. I prefer if the tide was farther in, though, but uh, <laughs> good. The, um, we've, we've prayed for Rachel, we prayed for Ali this morning. I'd just like to really pray for them again. Um, Rachel's uh, really got a very serious back ailment, and uh, having had a, a minor back ailment, she has my full sympathy, and it's, uh, you know, you just can't rest the back, I mean, it's there, it's, it's centre. Ali is um, not well, as you know, her shoulders are playing her up, and so she can't use her crutches, um, and she's got, if she's well enough, she's got meetings on Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, and I would just like to say that Ali is a church secretary. She don't know it. Absolutely outstanding. She's she's a joy for me to work with. She's very efficient at what she does. She doesn't make any fusses about what she's going through. And uh, I think as a church that, that we're very blessed to have her. So uh, just encourage her when you can, will you? So let's pray. Lord, thank you that you know everything that Rachel's going through, you know everything that Ali's going through, and, and you're, you are the Lord, our healer. And at the end of the day, Lord, whether you use medics or not, you're the only one who can restore health. And we commit Rachel to you this morning, and we pray for your touch upon her. Lord, that you would just bring her to a place where her health is restored. And for Ali, with uh, all that she has to contend with, Lord, we pray that you would that you would just cause her to be able to to just lead a, an ordinary or normal life, Lord, and to to follow you, and not to be burdened and distracted with all that she's going through. Commit them both to you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. Where shall I start? I hope you meant the words you've been singing this morning, because if you, if you do, this sermon is virtually unnecessary. If you don't, it's certainly not unnecessary. I want to read from Luke chapter 24. In fact, just before, um, do you know what today is? What today's called? Low Sunday, yeah. Low Sunday. Um, low Sunday because it's after Easter and because it's sort of an, supposed to be an anticlimax or uh, the church is supposed to have a hangover, I suppose. And and I just think it's, what, it's just nonsense, isn't it? We've got a resurrected Lord and Saviour and a few days afterwards we're supposed to be having Low Sunday because we've, you know, got, we've, finished celebrating and uh, I think we should always get excited because every day is resurrection Sunday the Lord is risen hallelujah good so we're not low today are we good good I want to read from Luke 24 starting at verse 36 this is uh, the day that they realized that Jesus had been resurrected and Jesus appears to the disciples 
While they were still talking about this, and that, that is that two disciples had met with Jesus on the Emmaus Road and they'd uh, scurried back into Jerusalem to tell the disciples, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they, were, while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. For us, it's the Old Testament. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. I want to, to tell you about a, a rescue mission today. Um, there's a, a supposed re rescue mission going on in Ukraine which is a complete lie, of course. But the Ukraine has been invaded by uh, President Putin's uh, and his troops, supposedly to liberate that nation. And, of course, what should a rescue mission achieve? It should achieve freedom. It should achieve safety. All of the things which actually have been destroyed in the Ukraine. But this rescue mission is the ultimate rescue mission. And it's the rescue mission of Jesus. And I, it's, it's good that last Sunday, last weekend, I understand that the celebration of Easter went really well here. And I'm delighted on that. And I'm also delighted that it wasn't so good that it resulted in low Sunday today. But we're, we're resurrection people. And the rescue started in Bethlehem when Jesus was, was born in Bethlehem. And it continued in Jerusalem where he was crucified. And then he was resurrected. But something else had to happen for the rescue mission to succeed. If, it, if that had been all that had happened, then it wouldn't have worked. But Jesus' rescue mission, the plan was complete. 
And what had to happen was this. He said to the disciples, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. These disciples that he was talking to had been with Jesus for three years. They'd seen him work miracles. They'd been trained. They'd been equipped in, at one measure. But they weren't ready. And Jesus, he didn't suggest that they stayed in Jerusalem. He ordered them, stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And they obeyed and they waited, and 50, after 50 days, on the day of Pentecost, they were clothed with power from on high. The church was born, and the church was equipped. The age of the Spirit began on the day of Pentecost, and it, it continues until this very day. And we need to know the age in which we're living as a church. We live in the age of the Spirit. So the power is promised and the power is received and probably we will all know about the day of Pentecost and we can read Acts chapter 2 if we want the detail of it. But what happened when the first disciples were clothed with power from on high. What happened? Because they didn't have a, I don't think they had a clue what was going to happen. They just were told, wait, and you'll be clothed with power from on high. And they're waiting, wondering. But what happened to them? Well, every single one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. They were, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They had an experience. It was a unique experience and it was a tangible experience. They knew that God had touched them. The word for power is a Greek word, it's dynamis, from which we get dynamite. They had a stick of dynamite put in their pocket. Something to make a difference in the world. And that power, that dynamis is available to us and essential for us. So what happened though? What difference did the dynamite make? Well, this I've got a few things I'm going to mention here today. The list isn't exhaustive and the list could go on and on and on. But there's some very tangible things that happened to the church. Boldness instead of timidity. Paul writing to Timothy says, for we did not receive a, a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. It seems that Timothy's natural personality was he was timid. And although he'd been in, equipped by the Spirit, Paul obviously thought that he was in danger of reverting to how he normally was, how he had been before. But he said, you didn't receive a spirit of timidity. 
Just forget about that. It's power and it's love and it's self-discipline. That's the spirit. To remind Timothy and to remind us. They receive spiritual gifts. The gifts are in the Bible. There are, there's, there's gifts. Some people think there's 12 gifts. Some people think there's more. I personally, I don't think you can number them. But there are some gifts. On the day of Pentecost, some of the gifts were prophecy, speaking in tongues, and proclaiming the gospel with power. Worship becomes an intimate experience. I think I've probably told you this story before, that I, and I'll tell it to you again anyway. <coughs> that we had a lad in our youth group years ago, and he'd been brought up in church, and he'd been baptized, and he came to faith, and then he went away on a, on a boys' weekend. And, uh, and I'll never forget, he came back, and he was in his early 20s, and he came back, and he was different. And he, he asked me if he could give testimony in the church. I said, of course you can. And he told me this, what he was going to say. Well, he stood up before the church, and he talked about, I went away on the weekend, he said, and uh, I was prayed for, I had hands laid upon me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, and I had this incredible experience. And, and this is what I'll never forget. And he said, and now I enjoy worship. <laughs> He'd been brought up in church all his life and got into his 20s. And then he said, and now I enjoy worship. And it was just a joy to see him just come alive, to come alive. We, we become witnesses. The early disciples said, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Now, silent Christians are just almost a contradiction. That isn't to say that we go and bore people and speak inappropriately, but that we've, we've got a story to tell. We've got a testimony to share. We've got good news which people need to hear. Joy. It talks about them being filled with the Holy Spirit and with joy. That's not something dependent upon circumstances. Our circumstances can be the same as people in the world. They can be very difficult at times. But the joy is above and beyond circumstances. And it bubbles up at times, at unexpected times. Love. You did not receive a spirit of timidity, but a but a spirit of love. And that isn't the love of the world. That is, that is agape love. Love that's costly. But love that we receive and that we share. A hunger for the word. This is God's living word. If you're neglecting it, then you're going to suffer spiritually. This is God's living word. 
He will speak to you. He will equip you. He will change you. He will encourage you. He will bless you. And yet it's so easy to neglect him. And I would encourage you that if this is a closed book for six days a week, or seven days a week, start to read it. Start to feed on it. Ask God to speak to you through it. And if you think you're too busy, forget that, because it's not true. We've all got time to read God's word. We may need to give up something else for it. But it's God's living word. Peace. The peace that passes all understanding. And to just remind you, and that what I've shared is, is just a, the tip of the iceberg. There is so much more. But it's not a one-off experience. Praise God that there will be an initial experience, but there is, it's an ongoing, or it should be an ongoing experience. The Apostle Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Present continuous tense. That we need to come again and again and again saying, Lord, I need you. I'm empty. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I, I'm desperate for you to enable me to be different. When Saul, King Saul was anointed with oil and the Holy Spirit, it says he was changed into a different person. And he started to minister in the power of God. Unfortunately, he had a character defect and his pride got in the way and it, never, it all went wrong. But initially, he was changed into a different person, released into being the person that God wanted him to be. And that can be true for all of us. God doesn't want us to be clones and to be the same as everybody else. Our personality at one level is the one that God's given us, but it can be, it can be transformed. We can be different, not by our own strength, not by effort. I went to two Bible colleges. One of them I met with God and one of them I met with a book. I needed both, but unfortunately too many people go and meet with the book, but they don't meet with the author of the book. And their head's filled with, with knowledge, but their heart is just not warmed, not released. going to send you what my father promised. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Do you expect do you expect to have any spiritual experiences in your life? Do you expect God to surprise you in any way at any time?
about two and a half feet. <laughs> we should be so expectant. I've just uh, taken a trip to Israel. And uh, a friend of mine before I went, I, I don't know if you remember Trevor and Elaine Bond who came here. Trevor preached here a couple of times. Well, Elaine, is, they're very good friends of ours. Elaine went to Israel two years ago. And when she was there, she went to the Wailing Wall. And as many people do, she touched the Wailing Wall to pray. And the power of the Holy Spirit came upon her. And she said it was just wonderful. And so the next day they had a day off. So Trevor, like a good husband, said, what would you like to do, dear? And Elaine said, can we go back to the Wailing Wall? So she went back to the Wailing Wall and she put her hands on the wall and prayed again. And exactly the same experience. God touched her. Now, Trevor had, was doing the same thing and although, although he enjoyed being there, he didn't have that experience. Well, we went there. I took a group, a group there and it was, it was just a fantastic group. By the end of the trip, it was like a family and they were all so different. We had a retired colonel that I met, his wife in Lane walking the dog, coming along and uh, he was he was just incredible. He got uh, everyone organised. <laughs> um, <coughs> but we had a, we had three three people that were um, sa wonderfully saved and were re um, re recovering alcoholics. They'd been dry for a few years and they had wonderful testimonies. And I was just so blessed with the testimonies in the group and this hunger people had. Um, Anyway, one of the things we did was we went through Hezekiah's Tunnel. Uh, Hezekiah's Tunnel, you may know, is from the outside of the city into the inside of the city to the Pool of Siloam. It's about half a kilometre long, and King Hezekiah had it um, built, or, or it goes through solid rock, so he had to carve it out. Um, Jerusalem was under attack, so he wanted to stop the water supply on the outside to get it the inside of the city, so that they would have it and the enemy wouldn't. So they started to dig through solid rock for this tunnel, from the inside and from the outside. Well, they realized as they were getting nearer to the middle that they were going to miss each other. So you walk through this tunnel, and in the middle it's just squiggles like that, and eventually they, they joined up. Well, we gave the group the uh, opportunity of walking through that tunnel or a much shorter dry tunnel. Um, for different reasons, just four of us went through Hezekiah's tunnel and the water in the tunnel is from about chin deep to about thigh deep. It's pure spring water and the tunnel, of course, is completely dark so you need a torch or a phone. Um, and so the four of us decided to go through there and the, the others went on the other side. I got into the middle of the tunnel and I suddenly, this joy came upon me, and this incredible joy which I was not expecting and certainly not in that place. And by the time I got to the other end, it was, it was just wonderful. What was particularly amazing was that it happened to all four of us. All four of us had this incredible joy as we were in this dark, dingy tunnel. And, but the other interesting thing is that in talking to the group, 
all, I think probably all of the group or most of the group had some sort of experience during the 10 days we were there. Now, you, I think God seems to be a bit nearer in Israel than he is here, but that's, uh, that's not biblically uh, true, is it? We should be expecting spiritual experiences in our life here. The age of the spirit doesn't sort of, it didn't happen in Jerusalem and stay there. It enabled the Holy Spirit to be available to the people of God anywhere. And how we need to be encouraged with experience. We don't, we're not sort of people that are just, just looking for experience and, and nothing else. But it's a confirmation and encouragement to us to follow the Lord. And to know that he's alive. Because that's what the dis disciples, the early disciples had to realize. He's not here. He's risen. Jesus is alive. And he is still alive. And his Holy Spirit is the one who is able to reveal his life and impart his power to all of us. Not just to a few leaders or a few selected people but to every single person. And I want to encourage you with that. The power's available. The power is available. And the question I want to ask every single person here is, have you been clothed with power from on high? Have you been clothed with power from on high? We sang Love Divine. We're going to sing rather Love Divine or Love's Excelling. And the second verse is that we're going to finish that. And I've chosen that particularly because of the second verse. It's interesting on your song sheet um, because the the more the more common or perhaps more modern version of verse two says, "Breathe, O breathe, thy loving spirit, in, let us all in thee inherit." Sorry, breathe, O breathe, thy loving spirit, into every troubled breast. Let us all in thee inherit. Let us find. Now, normally, it will say, or quite often, it will say, let us find the promised rest. But actually, Charles Wesley did write the second rest. Why did he write the second rest? Let me tell you why. Because Wesley had been trying to serve the Lord in his own strength. And he'd been to America and he came back discouraged, defeated and thinking he, he was going to give up. And then he went to a prayer meeting in Fetter Lane with his brother John. And it says, their hearts were strangely warmed. That was how they described their spiritual experience. And from that moment on, these defeated, discouraged people started serving the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit and thousands and thousands and thousands of people 
were saved and churches were formed. Wesley never wanted to form a denomination. He wanted to see the kingdom of God come. But the Church of England couldn't, couldn't actually accommodate him. And so he just, he said, he was told he couldn't preach outside his parish. And he said, and, and he said, and he said, but the whole world is my parish. Because he'd had an encounter with the Lord. And he wasn't into religion and he wasn't into sterile Christianity. He was expecting to see the kingdom come. This church is on the brink of something new. I hope you feel that. This church is, is just ready to move forward. To see the kingdom come. What's the potential? More than we realize. More than we realize. And all it needs is that, that the, the kingdom come for the, that we're clothed with power from on high. We've got to look at um, applications from people for the ministry. What's the most important thing? Well, one of them, one of the essential things surely is that they've been clothed with power from on high. We don't want a scholar, although it would be good if they, we don't want only a scholar, although it would be good if they've got a good understanding of the scripture, but we want someone that knows that natural ability is not enough. It's never been enough, and in these days it certainly isn't enough. My old church in Rygate, I always uh, going on about them because I'm very proud of them. I had a baptismal service last Sunday. I wonder how many people you think were baptized there. Well, I won't ask you to guess. 21. 21 people baptized because they realize that they need the power of the Holy Spirit and not to be living and working in a religious democracy. The harvest is ripe. The people are ready. And so often it's the church which is just stuck. But we don't need to be. What clothes are you wearing? got the wrong clothes on. There's some very nice clothes around, but we're called to be clothed with power from on high. And you don't need to wait. The disciples had to wait until the day of Pentecost, but the waiting period is finished. When we're ready, he's ready. But you do need to be hungry. You do need to be thirsty. You do need to realize that you can do nothing in your own strength. Jesus said to his disciples, apart from me, you can do nothing. And you do need to be prepared to step out of your comfort zone. And stop worrying about what people think of you. 
and stop worrying about that you might get it wrong because we all get it wrong. And God's very good at bringing good from our failures when our heart is right. Wait in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And ask the band to come back now. And we're going to sing Love Divine. And then I'm going to make an appeal. And invite you to respond. So if the band would like to come back. Stand and let's worship the Lord.
standing if you're comfortable standing. I want to make an appeal now. And I want to invite you to come forward. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it may be an initial experience the first time, or it may be the umpteenth time. It doesn't matter. That's between you and the Lord. But I don't want to make it too easy for you to just sit back there. You need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to come forward and we'll pray and the Lord will bless you. If no one comes forward, that's fine. But if you do come forward, God will touch you in whatever way he chooses. He has promised to clothe his people with power from on high. And that power is essential for every single one of us. And it's biblical. This is not me just on a hobby horse. This is biblical. This is Christianity as it's meant to be. So if we could have some quiet background music and I'm going to I'm just going to pray and then invite you to come forward. Lord, thank you that we're here today and not by accident. And Lord, thank you that you've spoken to us and Lord, I pray that the only words that will make an impact will be words that you've initiated. Lord, anything which is not of you, I pray would fall to the ground and be forgotten. But Lord, thank you that the power of your Holy Spirit is available to us today. And we come to you now, Lord, in faith in Jesus' name. If you want to be prayed for, if you'd like to come forward, please just come forward and we've got room down here and we'll pray for you. Thank you.